Hey guys, what's up? It is week 63. I don't have that many reviews uh, this this time around, but I have some other things I want to talk about. First and foremost, uh, the audio version of the podcast is now available on Stitcher, so if you have that, uh, it's a nice app. I use it myself while I just downloaded it to check it out, and I think it works better than the Podbean app. And uh, Not as good as iTunes, but I no longer have an I, uh, iTunes product to use it on. So yeah, if you don't, uh, check it out on Stitcher if you uh, don't already listen to the audio version and over the video version or whatnot. Um, and I also want to talk about the, I got a chance to watch some of the last uh, drive ins with Joe Bob Briggs. <laughs> These were great. I remembered uh, Joe Bob a little bit for Monster Vision. I was a pretty young at the time. I had seen a, a, you know some of them here and there. I remember watching Ghoulies 1 and 2. Me and my buddy were going to stay up all, late, all night. It was like 5th grade. I think I was 11 years old. We were going to stay up and watch Ghoulies 1 and 2 because I told them how great they were. Uh, I should. I only really liked the second and third one. Uh, back then, I was just a big fan of the second one. It, regardless, uh, Joe Bob talked so much that me and my friend fell asleep. But I couldn't really appreciate him until I was older and uh, how intelligent he always had been and his take on movies and his humor. Um, yeah, but I ended up checking these out on Shutter. At least uh, it's a 24-hour movie marathon. You can watch it if you missed the live stream. Uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. I watched the first uh, two and a half uh, movies, Tourist Trap, which I hadn't seen in a very long time, and uh, it was really nice to revisit that with a lot of insight from uh, Joe Bob. Man, that guy's an expert. He's a fountain of knowledge. He's very witty. He's very, very, very funny, but everybody probably knows all this. I love when he talks about politics. Just the way he does it, to me, is just funny, and it's not annoying like when a lot of other people do it. Um, and uh, he also did um, Sleepaway Camp. I got a chance to watch to watch as well on there, and he had a Felissa Rose on there, which is really fun uh sleepaway camp man it's one of those one slashers that when i initially saw it years and years ago i was like that's just an average slasher with a great ending but I, the more and more i watch it the more and more i like it i just think that its perversity is uh, legendary and it's just a lot dirtier and just grittier than a lot of more movies from that time you just don't realize it and, and how uh crazy it is for the time and how crazy it is nowadays and uh how it's still relevant just because it's so batshit and uh, I started watching Rabbit too, which is really great. I love Rabbit. But the last drive-in on Shudder, uh, if you guys have Shudder, I'd really recommend checking it out. It's well worth it. But let me hop into the reviews. The first one is from the MVD Rewind Collection. This is an Australian movie called Wind Rider. I had never seen this one. This is kind of like an 80s sex comedy in the vein, more of a serious one like Risky Business. Uh, yeah, this really isn't my thing. Uh, I, I do like my sex comedies, Revenge of the Nerds, uh, you know, even if that stuff is completely inappropriate and outdated, I still dig it. This one is a little different. Uh, like I said, it's an Australian movie, and the writer of the movie had went on later on to do a lot of great things, a lot of great great scripts, the, um, the Long Weekend, stuff like that, uh, uh, road games. So it, it's not like a Razorback. It's not like he's an incompetent writer and he's bad. He's actually a really good writer. But uh, this one is very strange. On the disc itself, it has a commentary with the writer-director. That was interesting. Enjoyed it more than the movie. And uh, some music videos with Nicole Kidman in there for her character. Nicole Kidman's actually in this as one of her earlier roles. It's kind of a love story, but this is a strange one. It's about this uh, rich playboy, kind of, um, who works at his dad's business. Um, he has everything he could possibly want. He uh, cuts every, he, He's smart. He's good-looking. He has money. He uh, does whatever he wants at his job and still manages to get everything done. He is a thrill-seeker. And uh, that's basically it. He's also one of these kind of characters that had everything handed to him. So he like all the problems he has, he inv- 
kind of creates himself and it, it's kind of an annoying process and it's also one of these movies where it's uh you uh basically uh, attack a woman or harass a woman until she goes out with you and then at the end of the movie she goes out with you so i know it's dated i know it's 86 but watching it it's just like i mean this character is just he's not particularly somebody i ever want to watch period he's not interesting it's not like I can't relate to I can't relate to him, but he's also not interesting at all. It's just it's kind of boring for me to watch this character, and uh, a lot of the other characters in the movie don't really do much for me either. And it's also about surfing and wind riding, not surfing, but it's this uh, special thing like a wind rider that they use. And at the time, it was, it was it was big and it caught on and everything like that. And there's some cool moves on the on the. Um, on the ocean doing them and everything. There's even a shark scene, of course. And as far as the movie's concerned, it's well acted. It's well shot. Um, and it's, there's nothing wrong with it there. And there's some there's some decent fun gags and some cool stunts and whatnot. The basic plot is just ridiculous. He ends up doing this 360, this move that no one had done actually at the time on the water, which you go up and you do a 360 and you land it. And no one had done it. And he noticed uh, he was all alone, but he looked on a beach and Nicole Kidman was watching him. So he becomes obsessed with her, starts a relationship with her basically harassing her until she'll go out with him and she's the only one that's seen him do it he's in competition for this thing on the side of doing his dad's business and designing stuff so he's like a super genius also a playboy he just has everything going on in his life but he also is a spoiled kind of brat and they do address this in the movie characters do have talking to him and come down to him and they there's some moments with between him and a father which are done well and there's a couple characters in the movie which i do enjoy but besides that it's just the lead character himself not a bad actor, not a bad performance, is just something that is just one of these toxic characters that I just hate. I've always hated that type of character. And usually they work better as the main character's uh, antagonist than than actually being the protagonist. And it's just, for me, it's just, it's not something I'm interested in seeing. There is, uh, you know, some, uh, I guess, risque uh, sex scenes in it for the time. So if you have that going for you, it looks pretty good. The Blu-ray looks solid, sounds solid. There's some cool music in it too. I actually dug the music. Uh, there's no subtitles, so which that's kind of a little distracting for me. I like my subtitles. But uh, if you guys are interested in this stuff, the actor actually went on to do uh, Flesh and uh, he came from Flesh and Blood before that, the uh, Paul Verhoeven movie. So you know these people have uh, you know a following within the movie. It's well acted, well made. I just don't care for the script. I don't care for the story. And uh, it, that's that's not necessarily a hit on the movie. It's just personal preference, and that's that's what I'm coming to with this. Uh, if you like uh, light kind of sex comedies that aren't too funny but have uh, a little bit more of a serious approach, then I would check it out. If not, then I would skip it if it doesn't sound like you'd like it. But uh, the people that like this movie will probably enjoy this release. I mean, I think this is the first time this movie's ever been released on Blu-ray. And uh, the people involved with it had a nice careers afterwards. Simpson is running hot. He's a hard working. Stuart, does anything normal ever happen to you? Fast talking. I guess that's why I find you so gosh darn compelling. Touch me and I'll rupture your spleen, Mr. Simpson. Incurable romantic. What the hell do you think you're doing? Nothing's gonna keep him from the woman he wants. So, when are we gonna get down to a deeply meaningful relationship? When pigs fly and dogs tap dance. A casual dalliance? Even less likely. 
I guess a quickie in the back seat's right out of the question. PC's hot. How hot? Shit hot. Until he loses his edge. Everything's going just great till you come along. All of a sudden, I'm surfing like a bloody clown. You think I'm a loser now, right? The odds are against him. But PC's hot. Today we test, tomorrow we win! Baron Films presents Tom Berlinson in Windrider. With Nicole Kidman, Jill Perryman and Charles Tingwell. Rated M. Okay, the next one here is another Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. And you guys know how I feel about Herschel Gordon Lewis. I'm not the biggest fan. I've talked about it a bunch of times, but I appreciate his work. And this is The Gorgor Girls, and this stuff will kill you. Uh, one of his last, his last gore film. And uh, the other one on here is one of his uh, Hicksploitation films, kind of similar to, what is it, Moonshine, Moonshine Mountain, which... Uh, you know, I had reviewed previously and don't remember all that much. But the Gorgor Girls, here we go. Uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis in the commentary on the special features and all that stuff. He basically said, this was my last hurrah. This is my last gore film. And the big studios were doing it and they had all the money in the world. He even said the Wild Bunch. They had everything they could ever want. We had mannequins. So I tried to go out on a high note and do the best gore I could do or the, the biggest gore and the nastiest gore. And uh, that's what he went for. Um, this is like his last film for so long until he started coming back with Blood Feast 2 and the Uh-Oh show years down the line. But uh, the Gorgor Girls, I'm going to say it now. I actually really, I kind of like this one actually. This is my favorite Herschel Gordon Lewis movie that I saw. It follows this uh, detective who's hired to figure out why these murders are happening. He is sarcastic. He is chauvinistic. He is witty, but uh, he is kind of funny in all that. He is paired up with this journalist, uh, female journalist, young journalist, and uh, they they go back and forth at each other. He constantly, she is constantly the uh, blunt of all his jokes, the butt of all his jokes. So that's kind of funny dynamic in here. There's also stars a real comedian at one point, and uh, he has a lot of charisma. He runs the uh, strip joints. This one has a lot of skin. Uh, it has tons of skin, a lot of nudity here and there and there. Lots of ridiculous characters, and uh, of course, it has the gore. It, it pounds it on too. And some of the some of the uh, deaths in here, it. Uh, are pretty nasty, actually. Um, of course, it's the type of deal where they go into the head and they show the gore. And it's so much. It's done so much better than something like the gruesome twosome. Uh, lots of nasty meat here and there. And uh, the guy, the lead guy, is actually always has a comment to make. He's always outsmarting the cops. He's always uh, leading the cops on a wrong trail. It, it becomes very funny and very silly. It's like a film noir gore movie, but it's also a comedy in ways. And one of the deaths in here. Um, it's really gross, and I'm surprised they even did it. And it's almost like the gag in it is supposed to be kind of goofy, but it's it's it just comes across gross and not really funny. And I can't, like I said, I've never seen anything else like this. Do, do it. This is definitely the first time I've seen it done. I don't want to spoil it, but in a movie called Shadow Dead Riot, have you seen that? Uh, it's they used it later on, but uh, yeah, it's got tons and tons of blood and guts. Um, and uh, plenty of uh, story to keep you interested. Um, 
I actually enjoyed this one. I thought it was fun. I thought it was gross. I thought it was his best made movie. And um, you see the black gloves. They were talking about this in the special features that it's his most giallo-like one uh, that he actually had to up his game. He was kind of forced to, uh, you know, to be a little bit better at what he does, which shows me that, you know, he was capable. He could have been a very capable filmmaker, but he just was doing it on such a, a tight budget and he didn't care. He just wanted to get that end product out and on time. And, uh, you know, I enjoyed the commentary as well. Enjoyed the special features. Uh, newer filmmakers talking about Herschel Gordon Lewis. They were talking about regional horror and how they're interested in his work and everything like that. A maniac is on the loose. A killer whose lust for blood threatens more than the lives of every pretty girl. Never in the history of motion pictures have there been scenes such as these. We caution parents that no one under 17 will be admitted the gore gore girls unquestionably you'll be talking about it for years those who have seen the gore gore girls agree it's the most brutal the most outrageous the bloodiest film ever produced starring frank press amy farrell penny youngman special effects by the same perverted madmen who brought you blood feast 2000 maniacs the gruesome twosome nothing nothing has ever stripped your nerves as screamingly raw as the Gorgore Girls in startling color. The Gorgore Girls. The Gorgore Girls. And uh, this stuff will kill you. Uh, I, I was okay with this one. I thought it was much better than Moonshine Mountain. I thought this is uh, the story about a crooked preacher who's basically making swill. Uh, and, uh, you know, some FBI guys are trying to get in on it or trying to make him stop. And, uh, that's about it. He's not a real preacher. He has a, a gang running, uh, stuff. And there's also a murderer going around here. So there's all these different storylines. Uh, I enjoy the lead performance by the preacher. He's great. He has a lot of charisma. His singing, there's lots of sing uh, singing numbers in here. The songs are catchy. They reuse some from Moonshine Mountain. And uh, there's some fun gags in the movie, to be honest. It, it's cheap. It's stupid. It probably is too long. A lot of the scenes go on too long. They hold, you know, not enough coverage. Yada, yada, yada. But, uh... It's better than Moonshine Mountain. It just gets a pass in my book. It's not. It's not great, but I didn't hate it, and I kind of enjoyed digging it, uh, digging watching it. Well, I kind of had. I was digging while watching it, digging it. Uh, you know, I liked kind of the exploitation stuff. I've always kind of enjoyed it, and uh, the stuff that the preacher says. He's always quoting the Bible. There's lots of cool stuff like that in there, and. Uh, it just has a lot of zany characters. And keep your eyes open for a Larry Drake. It was the first performance from Larry Drake, which is very funny to me because he plays a, a you know backwoods character. He would play something like that in Dark Knight of the Scarecrow as well, but it's such a different role compared to his uh, role in Darkman. And he's just ridiculous. It's so hard to notice that that's Larry Drake in here. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> this will kill you and Gorgor Girls from uh, Arrow Video. So check them out if it sounds like you'd like them. Congregation. Corinthians don't say it. 
It is better to marry than to be aflame with passion. Now, all you boys with passion, get in line there. That's not enough. Everybody kiss the bride. Now, let's all sing. exciting load of entertainment that's ever splashed onto the screen. This stuff will kill you. There's enough excitement to keep your eyeballs rolling. And when Boone gets his eyeballs rolling, look out. And I leave them say, they swallowed up of wine and of the wrong waves from Greek. And they are in vision. And they stumble in judgment. And the tables are covered with vomit and filthiness. And there's no... Please! Please! Think about it, boys. Think about it. Give me the police. Ah, oh, crap. We have a warrant for that whiskey and we're taking it with us. Now, listen, this is a secret agent. I'm a man of the cloth. Now, what doctor does that thing say? And that's why I'm done trying to help you. You know, old Joe say, wrath killeth the foolish man. Now, you don't look foolish, but we're going to find out. You know how? How? Well, if you wind up dead tonight, it's a sure sign you've done been foolish. Right, folks? There's never a let-up, and this stuff will kill you. Action, suspense, and plain murder. They've never been strung together with such excitement or such good humor. Mmm, these are the things that I like. Maybe. Also. <laughs> he done promised me a mink. What I gotta do to get me? Why, the same thing a mink gotta do to get <laughs> oh, this stuff will kill you. Now you come on and see us here. <laughs> the motion picture that moves like nothing you've ever seen in your life. This stuff will kill you. Okay, the next one here is Seeing Evil, and this was sent to me. This is a screener I got sent to me by Chris Leto. He is one of the directors. I believe Jason Henney is the other director of this movie. And this is an independent feature, I think, made in 2017, not yet released widely. Um, yeah, Seeing Evil. This uh, this story, basically, let me put this the simplest way to explain this. This is Phenomenon with John Travolta meeting uh, It Follows to a way, with also some scientific aspects to it, uh, you know, Science Gone Wrong, whatnot. Uh, this movie uh, generally starts off really uh, good, and it has some genuinely creepy moments uh, in the beginning. We have this man, he's a homeless guy. You feel sorry for him right off the bat. He's kind of in this tent in the middle of the forest looking at pictures of, you know, what is his, you know, his old past life, thinking about it and whatnot. He's attacked by a couple thugs, beat up, and uh, all his stuff is ruined. His Family, his his memories are ruined. Uh, they rip across, up a part a picture of his daughter, which seems to be part his daughter, and he um, 
is wandering in the woods and he is struck by lightning. After this, um, something's not quite right. He's wandering around and he wanders in a music store and he plays the piano beautifully. And this is when some uh, strange man uh, approaches him and asks him if he wants a job. But that's not all that happens. He starts to realize he's kind of like a genius, like similar to John Travolta in Phenomenon. He can do things that he couldn't do before, but it comes with a price. He starts seeing these strange uh, uh, ghosts or people that are around that appear to be dead. There's bags under their eyes. They're smiling at him and no one else could see him. That's where the kind of it follows thing comes in. And uh, a couple times they actually scare you. I would say the first third of this movie is set up well. I think the lead actor is really good, and I think that he has good range and uh, good performance. He is an ex-druggie, so he has a lot of going on. He ends up finding his uh, wife, and they start a relationship, and you start to see things turn. He starts to get some help, but that's not exactly what happens. It has a, it, it kind of, uh, this movie, I'm not going to say anything else about the plot or anything, or... Um, anything else besides that, but this movie has an abrupt ending that I did not see coming, and you got to give it kind of points for not doing something that's out of the box, but also at the same time, it felt almost a little rushed. It, it's a very, very strange ending to a, a otherwise kind of a, you feel like it's a smorgasbord of two movies kind of mixed together, not smorgasbord, but a collision of two movies done fairly well on a budget, and then the ending comes out of there, and you're like, that's just a little bit mean-spirited for this one. But uh, the twist, it makes sense. It's not exactly out of nowhere, but it is abrupt. Um, and uh, I kind of like that in a way, just because I didn't see it coming, and I like seeing that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I think that I, I wanted to see something else happen in the story, which is good because it means I cared about the characters to a certain extent. Uh, the acting, for the most part, is really good. Like I said, the lead's really good. And uh, the guy who offers him the job is also tremendous. His wife is solid. Like The acting, for the most part, is pretty good. You know, Some of the bit players are a little dodgy here and there. I like how they set up the scares. They have the jump scares occasionally, but they mostly do these weird kind of scares where there's a person standing there and he approaches them and they create dread. Uh, one downside of the movie is the lighting, it's lit well, but it's uh, it just kind of comes across flat. Only because most of the scenes are shot out in, in daylight and it doesn't seem like there was some color correction done exactly. Maybe that's what they were going for. But to me, it looks well lit, but also flat at the same time. There's no colors that pop. There's nothing that, it just looks very generic lighting to me. Uh, but again, it's broad daylight and I believe Florida. So it, it's kind of, it's just, you're going to get what you get, to be honest. Um, in a way, I guess you can maybe do something with the lights, but I'm not too familiar with them. They probably didn't have any lights for a lot of this stuff. This is, this is definitely very, very low budget filmmaking. Uh, but an interesting uh, story that uh, you know unfolds uh, a little bit. It feels very typical for the first two thirds, and then it kind of switches to a, a little bit and becomes a little bit more harsh than I expected. But uh, it is interesting. I don't. I don't absolutely adore the movie, but I think it's a solid uh, effort from the filmmakers, and I think that they actually did quite a bit uh, with uh, a little, and that's that's pretty cool to see. Okay, the next one here is. The VHS Voyage. And this is 1988's Iced. Here's the bootleg. Actually, a decent looking bootleg. Half these I have on bootleg. See, they went the extra effort there. And here's the VHS from Prism Entertainment. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Iced? This movie is silly. This is nonsense. I had never seen the movie. This was the first time I had it for years, and I always heard that it was goofy and silly. Iced. Okay, the movie opens up with a group of people on a ski trip. Of course, this is a theme slasher. Uh, they're on a ski mountain lodge skiing, 
And uh, these two guys both like this girl. One is uh, clearly, um, you know, the girl shows the same affection. The other one, she does not. These two guys, uh, one of the guys, being a complete jerk, challenges the other one to a ski-off. It feels like an 80s sex comedy already, but it's not. It's played fairly straight. So that happens. Uh, the guy loses. He gets very upset at himself. He seems to have some mental problems. And uh, that's where the film takes off. He uh, angered at himself. He ends up skiing down a slope and hurting himself. And uh, he supposedly dies. And that's all there is. Years later, the group of friends, now the girl who was initially involved with the ski-off, and uh, the uh, winner of the ski-off are married. They're happy. They, all these people from the past that were there at the ski lodge get invites to check out this uh, timeshare cabin and, uh, you know, ski and then eventually be made offers. And that's basically the plot of the movie. And, uh, of course, there's someone out there dressed in ski outfit picking the people off with a broken visor like the guy had when he died. <gasps> who could it be? Is it that simple? Are they going to go that way? You'll have to watch Iced and find out. Uh, this movie, like I said, is silly. It's played straight. There's lots of people that are talking about drama and their lives and their marriages falling apart. The dialogue makes me laugh sometimes. It feels like a, a, a lifetime movie. At times in a car scene, literally, there is uh, audio issues big time where somebody will be talking and it will cut to the next person and they didn't carry over their uh, their room tone or something like that. And it's just an abrupt level change. And it's, it won't, you'll hear when one person's talking, like the road, the wheels, you'll hear the wheels going. And then the next person it will cut, there'll be nothing. Or they'll be moving something and they'll nobody dialogue. And then that it'll be completely silent. And then when somebody talks, you'll hear that and then it will go away. Bad sound in the car, especially. But <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that, because the movie doesn't seem like it's that incompetent, to be honest, which is strange. Uh, some of the kills are actually done in a creative kind of ski way. Um, somebody gets stabbed with one of the skis, of course. Somebody uses bear traps outside in the snow, which I actually enjoyed. And uh, there's a couple other deaths in here as well. And remember, the end of this movie had me laughing. The end, right before the credits, I laughed out loud so much that I had to show somebody else. It is ridiculous, and I love it. Uh, it's fun. It's dumb. You'll you'll probably never get bored, even if they are talking a lot. They add this really dumb element in, which I don't know why a lot of slashers do this. In horror movies in general, they'll be like, okay, we have this slasher set up in the house. We want it to be different. Or we wrote ourselves in the corner. Or we need another character to die. So what do they do? They bring in this character for no reason that has some sort of psychic link or these premonitions or some weird sixth sense. And they're like, okay, uh, this is the guy who's trying to sell them the timeshare. He starts to see the future. And he starts to see things that are going to unfold. It doesn't really work. It's in there for I don't know what. But it does somehow incorporate a possible sex scene that is going to supposedly happen in the future. Not arguing that. There is some nudity in here. There is some decent nudity in here. And that's always nice. Especially in a slasher movie. But it, it's very funny to me that they incorporate this character just to show that nudity probably and get another body in the movie to get killed or possibly killed. But uh, why do they do that? They do this in so many movies. And if you have a slasher movie that's almost hard enough to believe or a silly movie that's hard enough to believe and then add, they add that kind of psychic ability into it, a lot of times you lose me. This one, it was so stupid that it didn't matter anyways. So, But still, I was like, why, why are they doing this? Um... 
Yeah, it's fun. It's dumb. It's not perfect. Uh, there's a character in here who's doing a, a lot of uh, drugs. And right when I saw the character, I said, that guy is a cokehead. And he ended up being a cokehead in the movie. So that was brilliant. I, he was so good at it. I think he was maybe snorting a line between uh, takes. Uh, he's an intense character. There is skiing in here. So if you like skiing, if you like slashers, I would recommend it. I love the... the um, actual location of the movie to be honest it's a nice it's a cool cabin it's actually out in the snow the isolation it's a good it's a good idea to be honest and uh the ex the script on a whole with the whole the unfolding is a little it's just silly but you'll enjoy yourself especially if you like these kind of things i think it's pretty fun by myself. Why didn't you leave us alone? I thought I'd finished with you. Oh, come on. You heard her, pal. Come on. Just leave. This is all your fault, you son of a bitch. Listen, the lady doesn't want to discuss this any further right now. Jeff, we're friends. That's all. Sorry. So friends. Oh, come on, shit wagon. Why don't you just take a hint, huh? Oh! oh. Oh, you're starting to make a real asshole out of yourself, pal. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> okay, the pick a movie was from, um, I, who was it? Jonathan, uh, I can't remember the last name, but it was like a horror name. It, it, he picked Hell of the Living Dead by Bruno Mattei. Like, I haven't been watching enough Bruno Mattei movies lately. This is the Blue Underground release that comes with Rats, Knights of Terror, also by Bruno Mattei. Yeah. Uh, if you guys didn't know, I adore this movie. I've seen this movie very young. It was one of the ones I rented from the video store under the original VHS title, Night of the Zombies. This movie has a hundred different titles, by the way. Hell of the Living Dead, Night of the Zombies, Virus. Those are zombie creeping flesh. Those are three title, four titles off the top of my head, and I'm sure there's a dozen other ones. But uh, Hell of the Living Dead, it's also been released by 88 Films on uh, Blu-ray. If you guys haven't seen this one, this is a major ripoff of, you know, uh, the scores taken from Contamination and Dawn of the Dead, the Goblin score, but it's a major ripoff of Dawn of the Dead, down to the SWAT guy outfits. But it also has the cannibal uh, element where the people are going to go in this strange area in the jungle. And, uh, yeah, it has a bunch of things like, it feels like Zombie, Dawn of the Dead. It's just a big ripoff, but it has so many fun things going for it. Um, the opening of the movie, um, it's, it opens up with, uh, this plant down, plant meltdown. And, uh, this guy literally watches a rat attack his friend and he does nothing about it. That has got to be one of the funniest scenes on celluloid of all time. They're checking out the reactor and he's going around and they pick up this dead rat. They're like, this is supposed to be the most uh, clean area in the whole town. And their dialogue is priceless. They're talking about stuff that doesn't really exist. They're like, this is the reactor button switch module. It's just bullshit. And it's great. Um, the people's reactions are great. The dubbing is terrible for the most part, especially in the scenes where they incorporate. Uh, it's got to be like uh, just documentary footage of other countries talking about things. But that stuff is great. The bodies must be cremated. It's like, that's not that guy's voice. It's just really poor choices on that element. Uh, it's very gory. 
very, very gory. Uh, they have a lot of people being bit. They have a lot of people. It just gross things, too. Uh, in fact, the SWAT guys, I adore all four of them. They're awesome. They're uh, especially the guy uh, who is the character in here. Um, Zentino is a Toro. He is insane. He has crazy eyes. He has big crazy eyes. He ends up popping up in the other hell too, I believe. And uh, he is always obsessed with shooting the zombies in the head. He takes tons of chances. He is just intense. He kills a bunch of zombies. He's a lot of fun. Um, the, of course, the Dawn of the Dead score is always going to sound good no matter where it comes from. The Goblin is is tremendous. The score works perfectly with this movie. It works perfectly probably with any horror movie. But I love the jungle locations, even if they incorporate and splice in nature documentary footage that doesn't match with the rest of the quality of the movie. Um, and they even uh, put in some nudity in here. Uh, they shoehorn that in big time. I can't believe they ended up getting that in there. And they even throw in some, you know, real nasty footage of people that are actually sick from, uh, you know, Dr documentaries and whatnot to incorporate the zombie stuff uh this movie's supposed to have like a nature you know take care of nature a pollution message but i don't know if it's coming through very well because uh, the movie's so silly but I, I love jungle adventure movies. I love zombie movies. I love Italian movies. So it has so many things going for you. And it actually does have a couple genuinely creepy moments. Uh, when the little boy turns, uh, obviously a ripoff of uh, Roger from Dawn of the Dead. But it's enjoyable. And all sorts of that kind of stuff going on. Uh, the priest zombie in here is great. And it's a precursor to the infected uh from uh, 28 days later uh when he walks in on the priest and he chases him that's that that's a precursor here i wonder if uh um danny boyle uh saw uh, <laughs> the living dead growing up maybe he read it himself a video nasty before i got banned but uh yeah hell of the living dead is is a tremendously fun cheese fest uh lots of gore some nudity great score lots of action never boring an adventure zombie movie adventure zombie jungle movie you know if you love zombie then you'll like hell of the living dead if you can you know let your guard down i mean it doesn't have those great tremendous moments like zombie does but it tries it's and it's never boring and that's one of the things that a, a horror movie like this should never do is bore you because it, and it, it's perfect and i love the ending it's perfect for what it is i'll say that it's perfect and I'm glad I got to talk about it. I have no problem rewatching stuff like this. I would have watched it again anyways. But I love all the Italian zombie movies pretty much. Uh, from Burial Ground to Hell of the Living Dead. From Zombie 3, Zombie 4. Um, well, I'm missing one. Nightmare City, even though they are infected. But uh, Zombie Holocaust. I, I dig them all. And this one's right at the top of that uh, heap, to be honest. Uh, on here, uh, there were some pretty interesting features, to be honest. There was a short interview with uh, Bruno Mattei, and there was a really, really big one that was like a 50 minutes that had interviews with the co-writer, co-director Claudio Fragreso, who did tons of stuff, Zombie 4, Monster Dog, Troll 2, and uh, some of the stars, including uh, Franco uh, Gino Folo. I'm looking right at the back here because I can't remember how to say his name. And some of the other actresses. And even the stunt guy uh, who plays the lead zombie, and uh, not the poster zombie, and zombie. And that comes from that big family of stuntmen. But uh, that 50-minute documentary was really, really interesting and great. And... Uh, and Claudio Fragreso started talking about his relationship with Bruno. And at this time, that was shot. Bruno was dead. And uh, he, he talks about it. And uh, the end of that the end of that 50-minute uh, little interview segment with all those people, uh, it, it gets emotional. It's really a brilliant moment for... I mean, not, not brilliant. I, I shouldn't say that. But it's, it's just uh, it's special to see. In that moment, you see the relationship, everything with uh, Fragreso and Bruno Mattei and how close they were, how, how long they made movies together. And you could see, like, 
uh, you know, how much Claudio uh, Fregresso loved Bruno Mattei and how much their, their work together meant to him. And uh, it's just a, uh, it's a, it's it's uh, good to see. It's heartwarming and sad all at the same time. But Hell of the Living Dead, it's great. They talk about rats, Knights of Terror on there too. I don't like that one as much. It's post-apocalyptic, Night of the Living Dead, Mad Max style mixture. It's fun, but it's just not as good as Hell of the Living Dead to me. I like my zombies. So, yeah, um, we have a ripoff of Dawn of the Dead and a ripoff of Night of the Living Dead on the same disc by uh, the ripoff Meister, the ripoff master, Bruno Mattei. But Hell of the Living Dead you got to see it. If you like this kind of stuff, if you like Italian movies, it's a lot of fun. If you like zombie movies, uh, if you like batshit crazy movies, it's it's a must. Now they're celebrating the funerals. Bodies have to be cremated. Wish to God I knew what's happening here. I insist that the most serious situation we have to deal with is cremating the bodies. Cut it out! Stop wasting your damn bullets, you tricks! You need to hit their heads! I told you! See, like this! Get away! Beat it! Clear out! Operation Sweet Death must be considered a complete failure. All these high-powered installations, like a factory from a future world, safely hidden. You're all doomed to a horrible death. Doomed to be eaten up. First they'll kill you. Get me! Get me! Get me! 
Okay, time to do the pick a movie drawing. If you want to ever be entered, just leave a message on YouTube saying you want to be entered. You'll stay in until you're drawn and you get to pick your movie. Then you'll have to re-enter. You can leave a message on Screaming Toilet as well. You can send me a private message on Facebook or send a private message to the Screaming Toilet page. It doesn't matter what you do. Uh, I can't remember uh, who won, uh, who I did. Oh, I, duh. Who won last time? Who's coming up? I'm not sure. But uh, here we go. Oh, James Grimmer. I know he's won a few times, but there's a lot of names in this hat, so at least 20. James Grimmer, let me know. I know you'll pick something good. You usually do. And that is a great stepping stone to uh, the What We Watched. I meant What We Watched, Jesus. I'm getting crazy here. That's uh, that's I was listening to 22 Shots Moods and Podcast uh, for a run this morning, and that got stuck in my head. That's a great uh, thing into the Q&A. Uh, and the first question is by James Grimmer, who just won that. So that's what I was trying to get at. Really bad segue. I had a stroke in the middle of that one. What are your thoughts on having a protagonist character portrayed by different actors in a movie's sequels? Ugh. That's not too good. Sometimes you can get away with it. Other times you can't. One time you couldn't get away with it. And I, I didn't mind as much as a kid. I kind of minded. But as an adult, I couldn't even finish the movie. And I used to like it as a kid. Dark Man 1. Love that movie. Love Liam Nielsen in that movie, too. You gotta be. You gotta be fucking kidding me when he's going down. He's just great in that movie. Um, Peyton Westlake, and then you come in on the sequel. You get Larry Drake back. You don't get Liam Nielsen. And you use Arnold Vasolo. I don't hate Arnold Vasolo. You know, Hard Target, The Mummy, but he is not Liam Nielsen, and he is not caliber of Liam Nielsen acting. And uh, he's terrible in that movie, Dark Man Two, and probably Dark Man Three too. I haven't seen that one in years, but I do not like Darkman 2 anymore. It has some fun moments. I like Larry Drake, but I could not get past watching Arnold Vasolo's acting. I'm serious. I just couldn't do it. I bought the Blu-ray and I was in there. So I don't really care for it. Uh, if you have to do it, you have to do it. And occasionally I don't mind. Uh, I actually thought it was an improvement in the Hatchet movies. Hatchet 2 and 3. But uh, I guess it wasn't that big of an improvement. You know, I, Some of the Hatchet movies, I think that I don't even know why I'm getting on a tangent. This is unrelated. But some of those Hatchet movies, like, I love the actors involved a lot of times, but I think they're overacting, and I think, like, somebody needed to pull them back. Because, like, good actors, a lot of them will go too much, and the director's job pull back a little bit. But they're not pulling back. They're just letting them go over the top. But I'm sorry. I'm getting on a tangent here. I don't like it usually. Most of the time, I hate it. Uh, Nick Mua, if monsters were real and approachable, which one would you sit down with? So they are real and approachable. Which one would I want to talk to? I don't know. You'd want to talk to one that knew everything so you could ask him questions about things. Uh, I mean, like, basically I'm going to take your approachable word as not going to get killed or tortured or no negative uh, things are going to happen to you. That's what I'm, that's what I'm taking approachable at. Um, I mean, you could go one way and talk to the Frankenstein monster and tell him you feel bad for him, but I don't know how he'd take that. <laughs> The creature. I mean, these people, these monsters are so haunted. It's just like, do you have like a couple hours to be mighty depressed? Which monster would I want to talk to? Movie monsters. Maybe Pinhead to see how you can avoid going to hell. That might be nice. Uh, yeah. Might go with Pinhead to avoid going to hell. But I love the creature, but there's not much they could tell you. A lot of these guys don't even speak well, and they probably wouldn't even speak. 
what's your favorite holiday and would you want to make or just see a slasher film taking place on that holiday? I mean, there's been holidays. I like I like Halloween, of course. Doesn't everybody like Halloween? If you don't like Halloween, you're a cop or something. You have to deal with a bunch of punk kids all day or something. I don't know. Or you just hate passing out candy. I don't know. Uh, love Christmas. Love Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving because I get to eat. So, Halloween. can never have too many Halloween horror movies, so I'd love to see that. Thanksgiving, of course, uh, we need more Thanksgiving horror. We have Home Sweet Home and uh, Thanksgiving. We need a good Thanksgiving horror movie. And I, I love the fake trailer on the Grindhouse ones. I love Don't and uh, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving as well. Thanksgiving, I actually think, was the best one. So I'd love to see Thanksgiving, actually, as a horror movie, uh, as an actual feature length. Um, so let's go uh, Thanksgiving. I'd like to see some more Thanksgiving horror. I'll do that. But I think that's all I have for you uh, as far as the questions are concerned. Let's jump into the update. Okay, guys, right into the update here. Let's start with uh, something special. We got the Combat Shock Blu-ray from Severin. This is limited. Uh, Buddy G directed this movie, made in uh, 84, I believe. I love this movie. I have a feeling that it will be getting a review soon. Well, I'll show it off a little bit more. But love this one. Also came with the American Nightmare scrapbook. With a piece of the film in there. Really cool, man. I love this movie. It's a very special movie. It's a freaking nightmare. And I even got the shirt bundle. Uh, the shirt is super graphic, so be warned. Hope you guys can see it. It's, uh... Hopefully that covers it. You can see it on the site. But yeah, I love that movie. Let's hop into the rest of the Blu-rays. Import here. Uh, Escape from uh, Osoba. I don't. I never called it that. This movie to me is always no escape. HBO classic. Ray Liotta, Lance Hendrickson, Ernie Hudson, Kevin Dillon. Uh, I really like this movie. I loved this movie as a kid growing up. Just a cool movie. A bunch of prisoners are sent to an isolated island. I love it. Good stuff. Then we have uh, some imports here. That was an umbrella import. I believe it's it's region locked. Let me double check for you guys. Yeah, region B. And then we have uh, Lawmen with uh, Burt Lancaster, Robert Ryan. Uh, this is a Michael Winter movie. It's a Western. This is a German import. Not seen it. Like the cast. Like the director. And then we have a, a Perdita Durango, which is by, uh, uh, was it Alex D'Iglesia? This movie's great. I've only saw it under the Dance of the uh, Dance with the Devil title. Uh, I don't know if this is uh, any more uncut than the Spanish Blu-ray I have, but it looks way better. Javier Bardem, breakthrough role. This movie's tremendous. Then we have uh, New Jack City. Got it cheap. Haven't seen this movie in years. Uh, you know, I remember kind of liking it. It's a Mario Van Peebles movie. You know, he directed Posse as well. He's also in it. It's got a nice uh, cast. Ice-T, uh, Judd Nelson, Mario Van Peebles, uh, Bill Nunn, uh, Wesley Snipes, of course. It's been a long time. Love Me Deadly from Code Red. Yep. Had to grab this bad boy. Not seen it. Had the DVD. Not <laughs> so I upgraded the Blu-ray, of course. Then we have uh, the Vestron Collector's Edition of Dagon, a uh, Stuart Gordon movie. You know, I've had the DVD for years, and I never watched this one. This is one of the only, probably one of the only few Stuart Gordons I haven't really checked out. But I'm excited to check it out. Dagon. And we have Beyond the Reanimator with Jeffrey Combs. This is the third one in the series. Uh, Brian Yunza directed this, I believe. You know, I never saw this one either. So, 
that's also a Vestron release. Then we have some Scream Factory, In the Mouth of Madness, John Carpenter classic. I love this movie. It's the last one in the trilogy, the uh, post-apocalyptic trilogy, along with The Thing and Friends of Darkness. All three are tremendous. This has Sam Neill in it and uh, Charlton Heston, among others. Tons of people are in that one. Uh, big fan of that movie. Uh, Memoirs of an Invisible Man with Chevy Chase uh, by John Carpenter as well, Scream Factory, or is it Shout? I've actually never seen this. Or no, I, I, I might have seen this one when it came out, but I don't remember it very well. It's one of those ones where I might have some vague memories when I start watching it. Also Sam Neill. Then we have the Massacre video of Enter the Devil. Uh, this made the Section 3 video nasties list, I think. I don't know much about this movie, but it's Massacre, so it's well worth my time. Love Massacre video. Then we have uh, Five Years, Five Films. Uh, this is the uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, this is the uh, Erotica one with uh, Dracula Socks, Baby Rosemary, a bunch of other stuff on here. Vixen of Kung Fu. What else is on this disc? Uh, Corporate Assets and Tropic of Desire. I like these because I, I don't really buy all their uh, DVDs, a lot of releases, but I get all their Blu-rays. So when these come on Blu-ray, I'm just I'm hyped because I love Blu-rays of their releases. They all look good, but... I, I just kind of try to limit myself here. The Five Years Horror and Exploitation, uh, the Volume 4, has Cry Wilderness, Vampire Hookers, Evil Come, Evil Go, uh, Cutthroats, and Teenage Seductress. So, yeah. I really like this. There's four volumes. The other volumes I have as well, and I haven't had a chance to watch them. But, man, I wish one day I just could sit down and watch movies for, like, a week and not do anything else, like, no work. Liquid Assets, again from Vinegar Syndrome. This is, uh, you know, skin flick, uh, porno, I believe. Not seen it. Then we have uh, Buddies, which is uh, HIV uh, drama. Uh, you know what? Vinegar Syndrome is one of the best companies out there. Release interesting art films, shellac, uh, porn, anything, man. Just some crazy titles. And they, they polish everything so well. I love them. House of the Dead here. I have a feeling this is going to be in an update uh, review soon, too. I mean, uh, AK Alien Zone, Horror Anthology. Nice little hard case on there. That's everything. I hope you guys like the update. Back to the video. Okay, guys, I hope you enjoyed the update and the video. And as always, you guys have a good one. Mm.